I encourage you to read the poem Rage Against the Dying of the Light. It's by Welsh poet Dylan Thomas, and he wrote it in 1947. Uh, And many thanks to my dear friend Matt, who introduced me to this poem. After reading it, I want you to dwell on some of these thoughts that I have here. Yesterday was the anniversary of a day that had changed many lives. We lost our comrade, Lieutenant Nathan Flynn, in a house fire on July 23rd, 2018. He fell through a hole in the floor during firefighting operations and six minutes later succumbed to hyperthermia. The crew I served alongside were tasked with finding Lieutenant Flynn. The men of Engine and Truck 7 persevered and found Lieutenant Flynn through zero visibility conditions and high heat. We experienced our own mayday and still made it out about 60 seconds or more before the rest of the space that we were in collapsed. In the ensuing days and years, the men and women of the department, as well as Nate's family, probably experienced the spectrum of feelings. Death, grief, guilt, sadness, fear, anxiety, anger, addiction, but also vulnerability, introspection, empathy, care, growth, and love. It is in these moments that we are forced to reckon with death. And to those who made it out, how to live with our eyes open, though tearful, and look forward. We are forced to have hard conversations with our peers and spouses about the realities of our profession and calling. We were forced to answer our kids' questions as we tucked them into their beds at night. Dad, why didn't your friend come home? We were forced to answer questions like, Why did you do what you did? We were told you actually didn't rescue him. You didn't save him. Now I ask, looking back on five years, what has changed? Sir, there are easy answers like departmental policy changes, personal relationships strengthened, and some disregarded. A better understanding of how and why this incident happened, hopefully influencing others so it doesn't happen to them. And to Nate's wife, Celeste, a special nod to you, for you have accomplished so much in training, policy change, legal changes, and changing the literal culture of the fire service. Thank you. Therein lies the answer. Change. The only constant about change is that change is always constant. How have we raged against the dying of the light? How have we persevered through the difficult times? How have we led meaningful lives in pursuit of something greater than ourselves, making a difference in someone's life? It is easy to lay in bed at night, rumination creeping in, wondering if we have been lazy, if we have done the right thing by others, if we have lost purpose. Do we live a life of purpose and mission? The one guarantee we have in life is that we will die. Let that serve as a reminder that life is fleeting, but that doesn't mean that we greet our days with meekness. Don't go gentle into that good night is a metaphor for resilience and the refusal to succumb to adversity. It reminds us that even in the face of inevitable struggles, we always own the capacity to resist, to persevere, and to leave a lasting impact on our world. Further, embrace the struggle for it is divine. 
when you have a greater bandwidth for struggle, you have a greater capacity and grasp for happiness, for love, and maybe most importantly, peace. Honor the lives lost by refusing to live a life of mediocrity. In the book, The Book of Charlie, the author David Von Drell speaks on some insightful texts. Ralph Waldo, excuse me, Ralph Waldo Emerson arrived at the same wisdom. A man is to carry himself in the presence of all opposition, as if everything were titular and ephemeral but he. Rudyard Kipling praised those who can meet triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same. Charlie said in the book, Let it go, counseled Charlie of the things beyond one's control. But stoic self-possession is also the bedrock on which the qualities we now speak of as grit and resilience are built. Stoicism is the human fuel that gives us the greatest mileage. Kipling's famous poem, If, goes on to praise the self-reliance that allows us to force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your long, long after they're gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on, let it go and hold on. In the way of so many great philosophies, those apparent opposites prove to be the two sides of the same coin. To hold securely to the well-formed purposes of your own will, you must let go of the vain idea that you can control people or events or the tides of fate. You can't change what was nor entirely control what will be, but you can choose who you are and what you stand for and what you will try to accomplish. I recently heard an analogy for life. While the average age of an American male is 73 years and 79 for women, the median age is closer to 85. 85 years times 52 weeks equals 4,420 weeks of life. Think about where you are in life at this exact moment. You can create your own infographic in your mind with an empty block representing each week. 4,420 blocks in total. Whatever years and weeks you have attained thus far, shade in those weeks. How many left, or excuse me, are left unshaded. This is how much time you have to tell your children how proud you are of them. This is how much time you have to influence and lead those in your stead. This is how much time you have to experience awe in nature. This is how much time you have to try something new. Show up and be your authentic self. Unapologetically love the person you are and the person you are with. This is how much time you have to take ownership and rage against your waking remaining days. To those we have lost, we have not forgotten you. And those that genuinely care remain true to our calling. I hope you would be proud. To the living, rage. And don't go gentle into the good night.